And I declare over you this morning that the dark night of the soul is over in your life and your breakthrough has already begun. Somebody shout yes. Shout yes. In the name of Jesus, let it be, Lord, that the light will pierce through the darkness. Let the light pierce through the darkness. And this is true with Joseph as well. This is just my introduction. Hallelujah. We may not get past the introduction. We'll see what happens. But, but I'm reminded now by the Holy Spirit of Joseph and how Joseph was, the Bible said that God caused him to be favorite of his father. And the father of Joseph makes for him a tunic or a cloak of many colors representing his favor upon him. Now, he had other sons, many of them. But this one son, he decides to favor him. And the favor of the father was upon him, but it became like a bullseye for the enemy to attack him. There's always somebody that's not going to love the favor that God pours out on you. They'll see it and they'll recognize it, but they'll want you dead. They'll want to kill you with their words or, or they'll antagonize you or try to frustrate you. And so that, that's normal procedure here, 101. And so he has this coat of many colors and they begin to devise a plan to attack him and, and, and they wanted to kill him, but they said, one brother said, we can't kill him. He's our brother. A curse will come upon us. So let's kill some sort of goat or something. We'll take the blood. We'll rip up his cloak and put it on the cloak and then take it back to our father and say he's dead. But instead, we'll put him in this well and the next day we'll sell him into slavery. That's exactly what they did. They conspired against him. So now they have a bunch, this favor brought jealousy. This favor brought uh, uh, his brothers to sell, uh, to lie about him to his father. This favor brought rejection to him. This, this favor brought him to be sold out by his own peers, friends, and family. And he's, they sell him into slavery, and he goes into Potiphar's house, and then he's, then he's wrongfully accused there, terribly accused, and then thrown into prison. And now here he's in prison all for what? He did nothing but do what God asked him to do. Having the favor of God sometimes will lead you in places you never thought possible. Just because you're going through a hard time, you better hear this preacher. Just because you're going through a time right now where it looks like it's like tough for you right now, just know that doesn't mean that God lifted his favor off of you. You're somewhere, you're somewhere about to move into a whole new dimension. Everybody say, my breakthrough is near. So here he is. He's sold into slavery. Now he's put, he's put into a prison. And the king has a dream. Pharaoh has a dream. And nobody interprets the dream. But there's one man they know of in the prison. It says, there's a man by the name of Joseph. And he does interpret dreams. Let's see what he can do. And they called him forth. And he interprets the dream rightly. And in one day, I said in one day. In a 24-hour period, everything turned around and his struggle was over. Come on. The title of my message this morning is The Struggle is Over. Hallelujah. Father, this morning we've worshipped you and praised you, Lord God, and given you all the glory, which is rightfully due your name. We now ask that the Spirit of God move in this place so strong. The prophetic anointing, Lord God, and apostolic anointing be so strong. Let a fire burn inside of us until we're not the same again. And let none of your words fall to the ground, O oh God. Let them all cut through, Lord God, and like a sharp two-edged sword into our hearts, Lord God. And do what you've come to do, we pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said with a big Amen. Amen. And amen. And amen. I feel like we could go home after that. Hallelujah. Let's get some word in this. 
So how many ever heard of the Civil War? The Civil War, how many remember it? I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Might be a couple people that old, I don't know. Um, the Civil War was a war between the North and the South, uh, mostly over slavery. We know this. And Abraham Lincoln happened to be the, the uh, president of, um, of the nation at that time and really wanted to end slavery. And so there was a war that broke out between the North and South. You know, we've never seen anything like that. They say we're headed to that right now, uh, maybe not in a bloodbath, but in a sense of uh, socially speaking. I've I'm, I'm been binding that in the name of Jesus. And we should just say, look, we, we, you know I say this all the time, time because I'm proud of it in the, in the purest form of being proud um, of our church because we are a plethora of color. We're, we're all types of different ethnicities. And just when you think you know who they are, you say, that's a black guy. That ain't no black guy. It's a Puerto Rican. Praise God. You don't know. You just, I learned just to shut up and just that's a person of different color than me. Um, but you just never know who's who. I mean, we're just a bunch of mutts. Hallelujah. And we all come from Adam. And so somehow we're all connected somehow. Just a little bit of melatonin makes a difference in some people's eyes, but it, it makes no difference in my eyes at all. And it shouldn't in yours, amen. And so we need to stand as that beautiful beacon of light in the city of Milwaukee and around the world of how a church really should be and can be. And so I'm honored to be a so-called white man. Uh, I used to kid around, but people get real sensitive these days. But let me just say, even the people that are sensitive, I mean no harm to say this, but I actually am a black man in a white man's body. With Hispanic tendencies. Hallelujah. Amen. So I don't know if that even works anymore, but anyway. <laughs> but, but the truth of the matter is, is that there was a war called the Civil War. and It, was, it, it literally, literally separated our nation. I can only imagine. We see the stories. We see what happened. It ended April 9th, 1865. April 9th, 1865. So we're talking... 150, I don't know how many, my math isn't that good, but somewhere around there, a long time ago. And, and, the, and the, the key, 170 almost years ago, but anyways, um, the key of the, what I'm trying to bring to you today is that there were men, see, news didn't travel like it does today. We don't, they didn't have the internet, right? So they had Pony Express. That's the best you could do back in those days, right? And so news didn't travel to all the men in the field. So for months and months, soldiers continued to fight a war that was over. They continued to struggle in a war that had already been ended. And sometimes I think that we're doing the same thing as Christians. Jesus on that cross of Calvary defeated the devil 2,000 years ago. And we're still struggling as if we're still in that same war, but we're not. And something significant has happened. I want to say something this morning. The quickest way to stop Stop the struggling in your life is to quit talking about your mountain and start talking to your mountain. We got so many people that are complainers these days, and complaining keeps you remaining. You'll stay in the same place over and over and go around the proverbial mountain over and over again. Why? Because you continue to stay in the place of complain and blame. Complain and blame. Y'all don't want to hear this kind of preaching this morning? Let, let me just tell the truth. So the truth of the matter is, is that we, we end up talking about our problems when we've been designed to talk to our problems. Look how Paul reacts to the struggle that he's going through in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. He says this, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Watch this confession. He says, We are hard-pressed on every side. Watch this. Yet not 
crushed. He's speaking to the mountain, not about the mountain. He doesn't stop and say, we're hard pressed. Oh my God, what are we going to do? He said, but we're not crushed. Watch this. We are perplexed. Watch this confession. But we are not in despair. We've been persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We've been struck down, but we are not destroyed. This is how the believer is to talk over every situation of their life. We talk to it. We don't talk about it. Statement. Don't let the struggle label you. Can I say it one more time? Say it together. Don't let the struggle label you. That's exactly what they did to Bartimaeus. How many remember Bartimaeus in the Word of God? He was blind. And they called him blind Bartimaeus after his handicap. And now the handicap is what has defined him. They just don't know or didn't know that Bart was about to get a breakthrough. They should have called him Breakthrough Bart. Somebody say amen. And church, you got to learn to turn the tables on the labels in your life. And when they call you broke, you say, I'm downsizing. Y'all didn't hear me. When they call you messed up, you say, I'm reorganizing. When they call you a liar, you say, I walk by faith and not by sight. And I call those things that be not as though they were. Come on. Someone shout, I'm turning the tables on the labels today in Jesus' name. The word of God says, let the weak say, I am strong. The word of God says, let the poor say, I am rich. And Job said, when they cast you down, you say, you say, you speak. When they cast you down, you say, exaltation shall come. When they cast you down, you say, promotion shall come. When they talk about your sickly body, you say, healing shall come. When they talk about your problems that you've been bound up in, you say, deliverance shall come. When they say you're broke as a joke, you say, money shall come. In the name of Jesus. I said in the name of Jesus. Church, the time is now for us to break the power of the struggle and we're literally in the season to do it. Breakthrough is here. And everything we need to know about ourselves to do it is found in Genesis chapter one. Let's, let's find out what God labels us. Let's find out what the label God put on us is. Look at, look at Genesis chapter 1, verse number 26, please. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Let's make man like us. Let's make him to look like us in our image and let's make him in our likeness, mean to function like us. So everywhere man goes, it's like a mini-me of the king of glory walking the earth. I'll walk the streets of heaven, he'll walk the streets of earth. What I show him, he'll do. He'll be my mini-me. He says, then let them have dominion over the fish, the sea, over the birds of the air, and over all the cattle, over all. I'm, I'm here to set somebody free this morning. The word is going to do that. Let them have 
uh, all dominion over everything that creeps upon the earth. So God created man, here it goes again, second time he says, in his own image, in the image of God, he created them male and female. Ladies, let me help you out. You're not subservient to some man. You have the same anointing and power as any man does. Hallelujah. But we still want you to obey us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just kidding. All right. Same power, same authority. Men, same power, same authority. Same power, same authority. Then God blessed them. Remember that. God blessed them. They couldn't do what God was calling them to do without that blessing. And God said to them, be fruitful. Now he's speaking this. He's breathing. He's speaking. When you speak, you are exhaling. He speaks and breathes. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over everything that creeps on the earth. I'm going to give you power and authority and dominion. The same might and authority I have in heaven, I'm going to give you on earth. I'm making you just like me. You're my boy. You're my girl. And here's how we, here's how we know you're going to get it. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to empower you to prosper. Everybody shout the blessing. The blessing causes us to overcome every struggle that we are going through. God knew that you would struggle, but he also knew how to get you out of it. Called something called the blessing. You got it. Turn to your neighbor and say, and you got it too. What is the definition of the blessing? Well, it's the covenant of God. It's the power of God. It's the anointing of God that overrides the curse. Which what? Brings the struggle. Any struggle you're going through is under the curse. And the blessing overrides it. Here in Genesis, God literally reproduced himself. I'm looking at my time and I'm going to get it done in Jesus' name. And I'm not going to keep you long. Just hang with me. So what do we say? God literally reproduced himself in Genesis chapter 1. The very beginning. The blessing that was given by God was given to Adam and Eve, correct? The mother and father of us all. To what? To continue the work of creation. I'm going to bless you so that you can be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Take ownership of it. The blessing, church, is the same power that God used to create everything. Everything. The same power he used to create everything called the blessing is what he breathes on us. So in truth, God passed on to man his very nature. It's natural for God to speak what he wants created. And when you want to see something created in your life and in your world, it's going to start with words of faith. They're so strong inside you what you believe. The picture the picture that you have, by the way, when we speak, it, it's a, a neat thing that happens. You don't see a ticker tape of words going across your mind when I talk to you right now. You are seen in pictures. Your mind produces pictures or images, right? So we have the image of God inside us. We just have to tap into that. How do we tap into that? By yielding to the Holy Spirit. Yielding to the Holy Spirit does what? So when I speak faith-filled words like this, it gives, you a, it gives you a spiritual image of who you are in the midst of those words and where God wants you to be. Your purpose begins to come alive, right? Now then, you're going to speak the same faith-filled words over your own life, but it takes guts and courage 
to say I'm blessed when your world is literally falling apart. But this is how we're to talk. It's the God kind of faith. It's to talk like God talks. So when God sees void and God sees darkness on the face of the deep, he says light be and light comes. So he speaks what he wants created even in the midst of turmoil. Have I got your attention now? It's natural for God to speak what he wants created. Therefore, if we're made in his image and his likeness, it must be natural for us to do the same. So we talk to things. And we call things to be not as though they were. So it's, oh, no, you're getting too far out there. Uh, I don't think that's right. You don't think so? You don't think so? Hit your thumb with a hammer and see what comes out your mouth. You'll be talking to your thumb and your hammer. We'll just pretend like we didn't hear what you just said, praise God. But you're talking to things all the time. Stub your toe in the middle of the night. Lord, have mercy. Make a Christian cuss. That little toe, you feel it all over your body. Ah, right? Right? And you start speaking to things you couldn't see because the lights are out. Don't believe that's true? Have your car not start in 20 below zero. You stinking thing, you'd start right now. Right? You're talking to an inanimate object who doesn't have natural ears, but is so natural in that moment just to talk to it. Don't think so? Get lost and become a castaway in an island. You'll start talking to a volleyball. Someone say amen. <laughs> we got the proof of that one. Talking to things all the time. It's amazing. It's amazing. I don't get it, but I don't understand what's happening. I don't get it. But, but I'll, I, I'm weird because I'll get in the shower and I'll notice myself talking to myself. Y'all got to pray for me. I talk to myself in the shower. I mean, I talk to the Lord too. But I talk to myself, and I start working my day out to myself in the shower. Got to get this up. Okay, yeah, at 9 o'clock, I do that right now. Oh, yeah, really? I start talking to myself. It's weird. Have you ever, have you ever, it's weird. We do it. Have you ever been fronted off by somebody? And they caught you by surprise. And then you did this, and you did that, and then you're, like, you're just like a deer caught in a headlight. You didn't know what to say. You, had, you just couldn't think straight. I mean, your IQ went to zero immediately. You're just so flustered and, and way shocked and upset. You couldn't say nothing. But the moment you got in your car, you turned that rear view mirror and you looked at it and said, oh, really, let me tell you something. And you gave them a piece of your mind. And it was good. But they just weren't there to hear it, praise God. We're talking all the time. Our words have weight. Our words matter. It's the way God created us. It's natural. The problem is we're working under that curse and we forget to flip on the blessing. I'll teach you that in just a moment. And the reason why I'm saying is because what happens is when trouble comes, we're supposed to speak to it. But because we're working under the curse and not the blessing of God, we start cursing the problem and talking about it rather than to it. Having the nature of God is a revelation that God's people have to receive. I pray today you begin to perceive that you're not made from some animal or some slime thing that crawled out of the abyss. You've been made in the image and likeness of God and you are part of him and we are a reproduction of God in the earth. Turn to your neighbor and say, you look marvelous.
You look like my God. We, the Bible calls us ambassadors for Christ. Which means we stand in the very stead of the one who sent us. We stand in the authority. So when an ambassador is sent from the United States of America, from the president, let's say to, to China, he stands there in that place. He stands in the place of the president. He stands in the office. If you mess with him, you're messing with the president. His words carry weight, not because of him, but because of the one who sent him. He comes in his image and in his likeness under his authority and his dominion. Okay. If a cow... Here we go. If a cow reproduces after itself, what does it produce? Y'all thought that was a trick question. Just say it. If a cow reproduces, what is it? It's a cow. If a horse reproduces after itself, what does it produce? Are you ready for this? If God reproduces after himself, what does he produce? But our religion says that's not possible. But it is possible. It's not saying you are God or you are going to die. You can't set yourself as, up as God. You'll never be him. But you are a reproduction of him in the earth. You're in a different class of, of entities or beings that's ever been created. Never. The angels look at you in a mystery because they've never seen anything like us ever. They're not made in his images like this. We are. So this whole thing comes by way of sonship. Or you could say daughtership. It's the same universal word. It means we come from the Father. That means the Bible says that we're heirs to God and heirs to his throne. And join us with Christ Jesus. So everything that God has and is, he has given to us. We stand in his authority. I'm not, don't mix it up. I'm not God. But I'm like God. I stand and he has given me his name. I'm Jeff Pruitt. My son is Nick Pruitt. And I will say this. I'm a Pruitt. He's just as much a Pruitt. But he can never be me. Are you seeing this? But I taught him. I trained him. I, I, I gave the best I could to him. Now, I'm imperfect. God is not. I'm just giving you this analogy. And so he has my traits inside of him. He can answer a certain kind of way because of the things that I placed inside of him from being a baby to a man, to being a man. So he can't be me, but he's just as much carries my name as I carry my name. He has the same authority. I'm trying to teach something right now. So that when struggle comes and the enemy begins to attack you, you don't go in your name. You go in the name that he gave you. The name of Jesus makes everything submit and bow its proverbial knee and come under your authority. Come on, church. It's by way of an heir. It's by way of being a son or a daughter of the king. That, that little hard to choke down? Well, look at John chapter 10, verse 27. And by the way, we're getting to John 10, 27. Let me just say this. The Bible says, as he, Jesus, is in the world, so are we. 
as Jesus walked as the son of God in the earth, so are we. Don't like that? Scratch it out. You don't have to look at that no more. Praise God. I like it. That's the word of God. John 10, 27 says, my sheep, Jesus said, they hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Oh, that'll preach. I got to keep moving. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. He distinguishes the difference and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. Them are stoning words right there. You get killed for saying stuff like that. Jesus said, I and my father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. And Jesus answered them, many good works I have shown you from my father. For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him saying, for a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy. Why? Because you, being a man, make yourself God. Jesus answered them, it is, is it not written in your law? I, sa I said, you are gods? If he called them gods to whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken, do you say of, of him whom the father sanctified and sent into the world, you are blaspheming? Because I said, I am the son of God. If I do not do the works of my father, don't believe me. But if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. He thought it not robbery to be equal with God, the Bible says in the New Testament. And so he took upon the fact that he's talking to everybody. I am a son of God. And then the Bible says that you and I that receive him, to as many receive him, to them he gave, he gave power. He gave power to become the sons of God. When we receive Christ Jesus, we now walk as an heir to God's throne, as a son of God, a daughter of God. God. No longer do we walk like the rest of the world. We have much more power and authority than that. Now, he said, you got to believe, if you don't believe anything, believe for the works themselves of who I tell you I am. Therefore, my identity in him is not as much me telling them who I am as it is me showing them who I am. My works should be proof of my identity. Y'all didn't hear that. There are so many people running around saying, I'm a Christian, but act like a heathen. A couple holy gross grunts and some amens on the side. You got the fish emblem on the back of your car while you're cussing the guy out who cut you off. You got the Jesus is my homeboy t-shirt while you're sleeping around with somebody you ain't married to. You got your Christian status on your Facebook while you're gossiping and backbiting about people on Messenger. You ain't gonna like this next one. You got your church flow pick on IG, right next to your club pick, popping your booty. You better, you call yourself a Christian, you better choose what side you're gonna live on. I said popping your booty, what are you gonna do about it? 
Y'all do it all the time and then you laugh about it and I say it and all of a sudden you want to crucify me. Now I'm not on your IG, I don't know. I just see stuff. I, don't, I wish I, why do I, gotta, why do I gotta see stuff? I'm just like, praise the Lord. Well, praise the Lord. Oh my God. They go to my church and here's their picture. I'm like, what? What's going on? Yeah. All kinds of stuff hanging out. Let me just say this, ladies. Now, I don't know. Let me just say something. I don't condemn nobody, but let me just say, could you imagine Pastor Robin? Let's say, well, she's a little bit older. She probably wouldn't do it. Hey, you imagine her in her 30s doing something like that? And you'd be rolling past, well, praise the Lord. Oh, my God. <laughs> Pastor Robin, you wouldn't think that's cute or funny. You, you have a problem with it. Then why is it right for you to do it? Come on now. There's a difference in having Christ and having religion. Religion reminds you of what you don't have. Christ reminds you of who you are. And when you know who you are, you ain't trying to seek negative attention. It's an absolute game changer of how you hold yourself and how you hold yourself accountable. I don't do that. I can't do that. I won't do that. But these things, look, there's so many things he gets, gives us to do. But religion will keep you held to a place where, you know, I can just squeak by. Church, once we've received the revelation of who we really are, then sin, bad behavior, wrong speech, turmoil, and the struggle of your life will be over. That deception, that this deception that we see, it started in the garden. And, and, and that's where that snake went in there and, and spoke to Adam and Eve. It was a demonic entity. It wasn't a snake. It was a type of an entity and it was evil. And it spoke to Adam and Eve and it began to beguile them. You know, the devil's been around a long time. He knows how to twist things up. He's wicked. Wicked means to twist like a wicker basket. It means to twist he took the truth and he, and he twisted the truth. And he said, hath God said, if you eat this, you'll, you'll, you'll die? He said, the Lord knows that in the day you eat of it, you will be like him, knowing good and evil. Where's the deception? The deception was they were already like him. They didn't need to sin. They didn't need to cross the line. They just simply need to be obedient to what God asked them to do and trust them that Father knows best. They were already in his image and in his likeness. Satan is fighting the revelation of who you really are. Why? Because he knows that you will be limited in what you can receive from God if you believe in the wrong identity. And that's why, church, you, there's been so many people that have had hardship and been heartbroken. Why? Because they haven't found the true value of who they really are. The children of Israel, they lost their identity. They, 
They didn't know who they were anymore. Being under cruel bondage for 400 years, they had forgotten that they were the children of Abraham. And so they, they were nothing more than slaves in their mind. They were just slaves. And God was talking about setting them free, and I'm going to be with you, I'm going to fight for you, and all that stuff. And they just couldn't wrap their mind around it. And so when they took the spies, the 12 spies, to go out and spy out the land to see what they had to do to, get the, to win the war and to get that victory of that, that promised land, 10 came back and said, we can't do it because we are like grasshoppers in their sight. And we're like grasshoppers in our own sight. In other words, they saw themselves as small. They're always belittling. They didn't see the value of who they were. People that make bad decisions, bad decisions, if they really get to the crux of why, it's because they don't value themselves. So they're willing to take the least, the crumbs. They're willing to settle for the very small. That's why we have so many, uh, ladies, please stay with me because I just empowered you a moment ago. But let me just warn you. That's why we have so many women have heartbreak with men over and over in relationships and all kinds of problems. Why? It's because you don't value who you are. And I know this is kind of funny. I'm going to say this. It's kind of cute and all that. But let me, I just, we're just with friends lately. And they told me about this book that Steve Harvey had written. Remember Steve Harvey? He wrote this book. I don't know the name. Maybe you can shout the title out to me. I don't know what it is. But he told the ladies, he said, don't give the cookies away for free. And I thought, that's genius. That's exactly right. He said, like, even General Motors will give you a 90-day wait period to see if they're going to hire you or not. Aren't you more of more value than General Motors? Because once you give it away, he knows he's got it. After that, he's going to walk away. He don't love you for that. If love is love, he'll love you without that until he puts a ring on your finger and makes a lifetime commitment. That's the truth. And there are good men out there, so I'm not, I'm not mocking the men. There are good men out there, but I'm just trying to tell you the difference between a player and a prayer. And I'm a prayer. So they couldn't receive their inheritance because they didn't know who they were. The Bible said many died out into the wilderness because they could not, they believed in the wrong identity. If you go to the bank and you've got a million bucks in the bank and you go to the bank and say, hey, I want my money today. Okay, sir, well, that'd be great. Let me see your ID. I don't have ID. But I, my name is here and I, I want my money, my million bucks. Well, sir, we need some form of identification before we can just release you. But it's my money. You're securing it for me. We don't know that. And even if we did, that's the policy. We want to be able to have checks and balances and do it the right way. We need to know your identity. And if you don't know your identity, you cannot make the withdrawal from the bank. Am I teaching? Amen. The church is to be producers and distributors of God's blessing in order to rid the earth of the struggle. And one of the greatest struggles that I'm ending is poverty. The blessing that God gave for you and me was given to prosper us. God wants to prosper you. You can't fulfill your destiny without prosperity. You can't send your kids to the right school without prosperity. You can't even feed them properly. Properly, or give them proper shelter without prosperity. And you think, oh, I've got to do all these things. Yes, he'll work in conjunction with you, but if you want to flip on the, the, the blessing button, the empowerment to prosper, you've got to do things God's way. Look at the prosperity that God wants to give us in Joshua 1.8. The latter part, please, just the latter part. It says, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then he will give, you will give yourself good success. If the 
beginning of that part should not have excluded that, is that you must have the word of God in your mouth. And then you make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. If God didn't want you to be prosperous and be successful, he wouldn't have put that in his Bible. Deuteronomy 1.11, may the Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times more numerous than you are and bless you as he has promised you. That's a thousand time blessing right there. Not a ten time blessing, a thousand times. How about Deuteronomy 8? And this is going to take me just a second, but listen to these words. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you, this is you, put your name in there. He's bringing you into what? A good land. A land of brooks, of waters, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates. A land of olive oil and honey. A land in which you, sh- you will eat bread without scarcity. And in which you will lack nothing. A land whose stones are iron and out of the hill- whose hills you can dig copper. And when you have eaten and are full... God wants you to eat and be full. Then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. God will bring us to a good place. Beware that you do not forget. He gives the caveat. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his judgments and the statutes which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and you've built beautiful houses. You can do that. And dwell in them. And when your herds and your flocks multiply, and your silver and your gold are multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, he's not against any of that. When your heart is lifted up, and you forget the Lord your God who's brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness, in which your fiery serpents and scorpions and the thirsty land where there was no water, who brought water for you out of flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness and with manna, in which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you. Watch this. To do you good in the end. Every test and trial is to do you good. Then you say in your heart, the caveat, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. In other words, I'm going to bless you so much, it's going to seem so natural. Almost like you did it. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you what? Power, ability to get what? Now, if he didn't want you to have wealth, why would he give you the power to get it? He's not against the wealth. He's just, he's just about the wealth having you. In other words, he just doesn't want you to say, I did this. I'm living in a big, beautiful house because I, he's, no, I did this, God is saying. I gave you the ability to get it that he may establish his covenant. God's always wanting to preach his gospel, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Some of you struggle financially and you want prayer to fix it, but when you recognize who you really are, you'll never be broke another day in your life. You have already been blessed and empowered. And the way, church, you release that blessing is through faith and obedience. Last scripture. Isaiah 119, look at it. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Well, what is it that we have to be willing and obedient to do by faith for that prosperity to be poured out in our life? Jesus said, give, and it shall be given to you. Good measure. You ever see a farmer 
and he goes to feed his cattle. He's got a cup in that corn barrel, and he takes a good measure. What's a good measure? Heaping. It's just, it's just heaping. Jesus said, when you give, God will give back to you a good measure. It's heaping. Watch this, good measure. Press down. So the guy goes, hmm, 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 press down. Shaking together. You ever see a truck and they overload it? By the time it gets about three miles on the road because they're shaking, that corn or whatever, it starts getting lower and lower and lower. Right? Good measure. Press down. Shaking together. God refills it. Flowing over. God shall give to you. You cannot outgive God. If you want to turn the prosperity cycle on, learn to be a giver. This is something that the church has to recognize. That's, and so I'm just saying, one of the struggles I know that's going on in people's lives is financial. And so, so I can't give. I just can't, Pastor. I need every dime I get my hand on uh, because of the, I just got a lot of pressure right now financially. And I'm saying that's a lie. You've listened to the devil. You can give. God promises to give seed to the sower. So you're making God a liar. You're also making the scripture out to be false when he said, what do you have in your house to give? She said, I have nothing but a little jar of oil. The problem is she just couldn't see the little jar turn into something great. But a seed is so small. But when you plant it, it goes into the ground and becomes a tremendous harvest. This is next level Christianity. This is next level uh, authority and next level dominion. It's actually saying, God's saying, I blessed you. And the way you turn it on is through your giving. Let's give today. Let's honor, to God, honor God. Yes, there are other aspects of getting over your struggle, but this is a big one right here. This is a big one.